We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting with a solo recap of the Nets. One over the Magic, 124-104. The Nets now 6-5 and in the season, 7th in the East, 2-1 and in the in-season tournament with a plus 8-point differential. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But a really strong start and finish to this game for Brooklyn. In that first quarter, they came out. They had a good flow to their offense. Were able to kind of force some turnovers, get some easy transition opportunities. Second quarter, you saw Orlando come in with a big bench lineup disrupted some things from Brooklyn was kind of dominating in the paint some of that due to Nick Claxton being in foul trouble which we'll touch on later but third quarter Nets bounce back in the fourth quarter they just take over and dominate the game big thanks to Spencer Dinwiddie who was on fire in this one and had easily his best game of the season and talk about you know best games this is You know, arguably one of the Nets' best performances in terms of season highs. This was 31 fast break points, 27 points off turnovers, and 13 steals. And in terms of another great aspect of this, second best game from three in terms of percentage and makes at 19 of 39 at 48% from three. Just a really good performance, and a lot of guys stepped up, you know, and obviously there was some negative news in terms of the Ben Simmons stuff before the game, which we'll touch on in the end, and some updates on Cam Thomas. But in terms of the guys that came out there and performed you know a lot of guys put out some really good minutes and if they didn't start strong they finished strong and you know specifically a guy like Nick Claxton bad first half second half found a way to have an impact but I think Jumping into the players in this one, we'll start with Spencer Dinwiddie, who had 29 points, 10 of 18 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, 4 or 6 in the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 turnover, plus 25 in this game. And this, like I mentioned, was easily Spencer's best game of the season and just looked confident in control and just determined. You know, there wasn't any indecisive play. There wasn't any passive play. Looked aggressive to start this game, getting teammates involved and driving to the rim. And that was a major difference in this game for him. Obviously, when Carter out for the Magic, so Spencer took advantage of that, breaking guys down, but he really got hot from three in that second half, dropped 12 points in the fourth quarter, and just looked comfortable out there, got some of his step-back looks, and you wonder if some of the news about Ben Simmons being out in potentially an extended period of time, you know, Spencer understood like, hey, I need to go back to being that ball handler, that creator, and really pushing the tempo for this team, and you know, obviously the performance on Sunday against the Wizards wasn't great. Tonight, offensively, there was just a lot of things clicking, and was just an overall smooth 
smooth ride for this team. And another aspect I like from Spencer in this game was the fact is he didn't get calls. You know, he probably could have shot 10 free throws in this game. Didn't He did complain, but he kept playing his game. He kept being aggressive and persistent, was getting to the rim and got some of those calls in the second half. So just a really strong performance and something they need with Cam Thomas being out. They don't only need, you know, the creation that Ben provided in the ball handling, but they needed the scoring. And, you know, Spencer has an ability to create for himself in a way that, you know, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson really can't. So good to see him back on track. And hopefully this is kind of continued trend for him, at least for the rest of the month until Cam Thomas is back. Getting over to Mikel Bridges, you know, this was a solid performance for him. I thought he was disruptive defensively, was probably a little too careless offensively, finished with 21 points, 9 of 17 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. That's a good sign seeing those three balls go down for him. Five rebounds, four assists, and four steals. As I mentioned, six turnovers, which not necessarily great for Mikel. That ball handling is not ideal, especially when he gets down in the paint. You know, you even saw Goga, you know, get at Mikel in the paint and get a steal on him, and that's that's not a great sign. So, really need him to tighten up that handle, or also just kind of play angles better and understanding of like you know when guys are going to reach in, they have a feel for your game, and you know when to pull up and when to pass out. And I think some of that's just Mikel developing a little bit more with teams adapting to his tape from the end of last season so we'll see how he kind of plays out but like i mentioned defensively four steals he was in the passing lanes really created a lot of transition opportunities easy fast break points for himself and for others in this game so happy with his performance defensively like i mentioned offensively clean up the turnovers but shooting wise look good three-point shot going down from him kind of looked more similar offensively other than the turnovers from what we saw last season We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Another guy who really bounced back strong in this game was Cam Johnson. Finished with 20 points, 7-11 from the field, 3-7 from three, 3-4 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 1 turnover, plus 21. Just overall a really good game for him. You know, not amazing defensively, solid, did his job, but was aggressive, I thought, early on, especially, you know, when he's going for offensive boards and trying to make some of those hustle plays. Those stick out for Cam and then just took advantage of easy opportunities. You know, I think had a dunk in transition, pulled up from three, shot a good percentage 42 seven attempts not you know the highest number we want to see from him but not a bad number you know we, we've talked about it before any you know seven and up is really good for cam probably want to get him closer to eight or nine because of the lack of spacing on this team but nice to see him get back in the flow after having a you know a rusty start after returning from injury uh dorian finney smith wasn't necessarily his most impactful game, or it wasn't necessarily a bad game either. You know, five points, two of five from the field, one of four from three, four rebounds, did his thing defensively, only played 24 minutes in this one, and, you know, it fit for the game. You know, the other guys were playing better, as we mentioned. You know, Spencer Dewey was doing his thing. Mikel Bridges was, you know... Good defensively, solid enough offensively. Cam Johnson was getting back on track. You know, Royce O'Neal had a nice one in this game. Lonnie Walker was doing his scoring thing. So, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's been really good to start the year, a smaller role tonight, and that's okay because there's going to be other matchups where they probably need him a little bit more. But moving to Nick Claxton, who had a really rough first half. You know, four fouls and some of them bad luck, some of them just bad decisions. You know, when you look at you know, fouls in general, anytime you commit a bad foul, it's probably going to come back and bite you. And that's what happened to Clax is, you know, I would say two of his fouls were bad decision, bad positioning. And then two of the other fouls are probably bad luck. Now that just, ha- that happens sometimes in an NBA game, but I thought the way he handled himself in the third quarter without getting that fifth foul at all in this game, he was able to still provide a positive impact. Plus 20 in 20 minutes for Clax. And like I mentioned, a lot of that coming in the third and fourth quarter, finished with 8.6 rebounds, two blocks, one steal and just really was a disruptor and we talked about you know how Orlando got back in this game in that second quarter was dominance in the paint well Clax in that second half really held it down you know defensively was able to just alter a lot of shots and was able to just provide a force against some of the bigger players on Orlando and offensively you know was giving you a real rim roller and somebody who could hustle in transition. I think he caught two oops in that second half as well. So Clax not great in the first half, second half, something to build on. And hopefully next game we can kind of see one of those complete Clax performances for four quarters and maybe get him up to 16 points and 12 rebounds and a couple of blocks. You know, I think he's due for one of those games. But moving over to Dayron Sharp, who played about 24 minutes in this one because of Clax's foul trouble, 11 points, 4 of 7 from the field, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 5 offensive, did have 2 turnovers and 1 block, and fouled out of this one with 6 fouls. I think the stat line for the for Dayron Sharp kind of is a great example of his play because there's some really positive stuff, especially with the rebounding. You know, 10 boards in 24 minutes, 5 offensive, and 11 points. You know, and some positive things defensively, some negative things defensively, but then you see the 6 fouls, and it's kind of just his 
decision making at times is just really bad and I think that's why it's hard to really believe in him being a long-term fit until he cleans up some of these mistakes that he's been making for the last three seasons so we'll see how it plays out with Sharp not to say there's no, no positive takeaways it's just a lot of the negative takeaways are the same things we have seen over the course of you know the last couple seasons including illegal screens you know him just making mistakes out there that can cost you when you play better teams and Orlando solid team missing some players not fully in sync yet either you know, the Nets were able to kind of capitalize with some of the other areas in this game but over to Royce O'Neal 13 points 4-6 from the field 4-6 from 3 1-2 from the free throw line 4 rebounds 1 assist plus 15 in this game you know this was a solid game from Royce you know really was just smooth out there you know a pump fake to do a couple threes just was under control wasn't necessarily trying to do too much was able to have good matchups defensively, so good game for Royce. Over to Lonnie Walker, 11 points, 4-9 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. Uh, Lonnie, I think, you know, was a good game for him. You did see, you know, a couple errors in there, but I will say it's pretty obvious he has a limp. We've mentioned it before, dealing with that knee soreness. After he came down on that oop, looked to be in a little bit of discomfort. So something to keep an eye on, you know, potentially could miss that Thursday Miami game coming up. We'll see how it plays out. You know, as Jack and I have talked about, you'd rather see him heal up than have this be a long-term thing because of the impact he can provide for this team in multiple ways. But over to Dennis Smith Jr., Finish this game with six points, three of seven from the field, oh, one from three, three rebounds, five assists, two steals. This is probably one of Dennis Smith Jr.'s better games, even though it started off as bad as it possibly could with a missed dunk attempt early on in this one that ended up being a five-point swing in this game. But I thought he made some good hustle plays. Orlando probably could have did a better job of kind of sagging offering, sagging off of him and leaving him out there offensively. Instead, you know, he was able to capitalize a couple times, had five assists, getting in the paint you know was able to make a couple hustle plays and that's what you want to see from him I think Nets fans understand his game but they would just love to see it in smaller spurts or in matchup dependent things you know he when Cam Thomas is back you know these 19 minutes should belong to Lonnie Walker and Cam should end up getting his full dose of minutes however that happens so just something to think about I also thought it was interesting Vaughn didn't didn't go with Harry Giles at all with Nick Claxton in foul trouble. Elected to go back to Daron Sharp or allow Claxton to pick up that fourth foul. And we didn't see much trend in Watford, which was interesting given Orlando was is a bigger team. You know, they play big wings. You know, they put out lineups where, you know, they had four players taller taller than, you know, the Nets tallest guy out on the floor. So interesting decisions but ultimately it worked out for the Nets I think another real positive I think for the Nets we talked about them having a season high 13 steals season high 27 points off turnover season high 31 fast break points a lot of that was emphasis on creating turnovers and Jock Vaughn talked about that before the game and something the Nets were not doing this year a lot of that due to Nick Claxton being out but I was listening to a podcast this week and they talked about the Nets I think being last or second to last in the league enforcing turnovers so good to see them pick up on their uh, defensive identity and I'll use it to um ease up on their offense you know allow the offense to come easier you know when you're scoring 31 points in fast break opportunities that's a good chunk of easy baskets we're talking about a lot of layups putbacks wide open threes and at times is something that's going to be hard to generate with cam thomas and ben simmons being out and getting over to those guys we'll jump into them in just one sec 
Now, jumping into the Ben Simmons news, uh, we had some reporting today from Brian Lewis, had information from Bernie Lee, Ben Simmons' agent, and Ben is dealing with a new injury on the left side of his hip lower back area another impingement now this is via bernie lee saying it's not quite as severe as a previous one won't require surgery and should be okay with rest in rehab um i think from an outside perspective you know hearing this i think you're already alarmed you know again left side right side is where he had the previous injuries and surgery but overall the back is all connected and it's not uncommon for you to overcompensate with one side and then cause an injury on that side you know obviously ben probably you know leaning a little bit too much on the left given that he had so many issues with the right you know not quite literally but to an extent maybe so and i think that gives you some level of fear and also the fact that it took ben so long to get back to where he was after those injuries not only from a physical perspective but a mental perspective and i also think that there was still room for him to grow the season before the injury so that definitely creates a level of fear for him you know you hope that he's able to get back to playing a level of impactful basketball again he wasn't perfect this season but he was substantially better than what he was last year um you know, again, they've mentioned that this is on the shorter side of things. It's more of a day-to-day type of thing. But again, you know, they've also brought up rest and rehab. So we'll see how it kind of all plays out. And then after we heard from Bernie Lee via Brian Lewis, the Nets dropped a statement on Ben Simmons saying, Nets guard forward Ben Simmons, who has missed the past three games with a left hip contusion, underwent MRI due to lingering discomfort in the area. The image revealed a nerve impingement on the lower left side of his back. Simmons will continue to receive treatment on both his hip and back as the status will be provided in one week. So again, you know, we'll get an update, a re-evaluation of Ben Simmons in about a week. And I would assume he's out at least two weeks. You figure there's some rest or some rehab, and then there's a quote-unquote ramp-up period. So we'll see how it all plays with Ben. It is definitely worrisome considering he's only played a few games this season, and it wasn't necessarily you know a high-impact play in which he got hurt. You know, it was kind of like a hesitation move almost, and that resulted in the injury. We'll see how it plays out again for the rest of the year and what's going on for him in terms of cam thomas the media heard from him you know cam just kind of talked about how it was pretty frustrating to deal with the injury considering he was you know top seven in the league in scoring he just wants to rehab kind of get back to where he was at he mentioned he'll be reevaluated very soon as well and you know hopefully back in the court by the end of the month but we'll see what happens with those two guys obviously you know cam thomas was the nets best player before he was injured ben simmons again an impactful player for the nets in a variety of different ways you know vaughn talked about pushing the pace and how they were kind of a top five with ben bottom five without him you know tonight we saw the rest of the team kind of pick up and improve in that area so with cam out you know lonnie walker spencer Dinwiddie, mikhail bridges cam johnson you want those guys to pick up the scoring but one thing that's been shown the first couple games of the season the first few weeks or month or whatever you want to put it the nets are a resilient team you know they're a deep team whoever you put out there they're going to give you a shot you know the only real big losses they have are to the boston celtics and milwaukee bucks you know two of the best teams in the eastern conference so really good where the nets are at right now and continue to hopefully get healthy and go in the right direction but big thanks everybody for listening and check the buzz on all streaming platforms everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.